0: Are you watching closely? Gladys, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? In life itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it, molded by it. The audio surrounded me. plot unfolded inevitably but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. First, the frames flicker without connection. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. How does one rant when things go okay? Saw Detective Pikachu Friday, saw Tolkien Saturday, watched the latest Game of Thrones Sunday. That last one is worth a comment, taken separately from the rushed plot or character approach of recent episodes. The Bells actually works fairly well. Clegane Bowl happens and does not actually serve as the plot, which is interesting. Tyrion gets some great performance moments, reporting his own betrayal to Danny, saying goodbye to Paris, freeing Jaime. Jon and Arya both find themselves in the midst of a chaos they cannot support. Kyberin gets summarily and abruptly murdered, and it's actually a good end for his character story-wise that his death is lingered on by no one. Danny's turn comes unearned, but in terms of drama, in terms of visual spectacle, makes for a satisfying episode. Unlike many, I even rather liked how Jamie and Cersei get a sort of happy ending by being together in their time of death. It makes Jamie's tryst with Brienne even more of a waste, and Cersei doesn't deserve a happy ending story-wise, but in the moment... However awful Cersei can be, however much Jamie should have learned better by now than to run to his sister's side, it was a human moment that the destruction of King's Landing needed. Not that Arya doesn't try for more, saving a woman, a character who in subtitles was named Nora, by the way, had we seen her before this episode, I'm not sure, and her daughter, only to fail. But hey, Arya needs a fresh vengeance plot going into the one remaining episode, because saving the world again isn't enough, I guess. But I didn't want to talk about Game of Thrones this week. I considered a review of Detective Pikachu, but the review is simple. If you want to see it, you will likely be entertained by it. Oh, and the ending felt like a cop-out for me. The character we lose in the transformation was awesome. I might be inclined to review Tolkien, but again, it's a film where if you want to see it, you will likely appreciate it. My biggest complaint about Tolkien is that there actually is not enough of Tolkien's languages and world-building in the film, and there is a lot but mostly they are fleeting moments or untranslated, unexplained bits of elvish. Case in point, the Hangover text before the credits, the his story was published and blah blah blah, he died in this year, his wife died in this year, and all that. It specifically mentions that on the grave Marker Tolkien shares with his wife, there are, I forget the exact phrasing, elvish words about a mortal man who fell in love with an immortal woman. The words on the stone are actually just names. Luthien, under Edith Mary Tolkien. Loren under John Ronald Rule Tolkien. Buren and Luthien is a story told several times by Tolkien. Versions can be found in The Book of Lost Tales, in The Silmarillion, and in The Fellowship of the Ring. Atlas Obscure suggests that the tale specifically came to Tolkien after Edith spent time with him while he recovered from trench fever. We see this illness in the film and Edith spending time with him. But if you don't know details of Buren and Luthien, you would make no connection to this film. In fact, and maybe it is because the estate of Tolkien seems to have had nothing to do with this film, the film goes out of its way to avoid specific references, regularly, but makes innumerable visual references and allusions. In my head, I imagine a better version. In my head, I saw that differently. A sort of linguist's wet dream in which the actual play of language is a bigger part of what we see, and we get more than just a couple conversations. The cellar door conversation, for example, mixes specific visuals along with Tolkien and either discussing what words mean and why. This is echoed later in an exchange between Tolkien and Professor Wright, but could have been an even bigger part of the story and the structure of the film. The film is structured, mostly, as flashbacks to Tolkien's youth as he searches for a friend during the Battle of the Somme. In my head, it plays differently. Instead of the abbreviated flash-forward after he recovers, we get one of two things. A two-part story, perhaps made for television instead of the big screen, when using the battle to flashback to his youth, Second, using his life after and his creative work to flash back to the battle, or better yet, build your film around the battle, sure, but flashes forward as well as backward. This moment in this man's life came from all these others and will lead to all of these others. Give it the import it seems to want and loses in the end, and make it a poetic sort of meditation more than what it is. I did like the film, by the way. There's at least one film every year that reminds me why I used to love writing fiction. My writing of late comes in plotting a D&D campaign going on two and a half years and nearing its final sessions, and writing my various podcast scripts, which are scripted but not fiction. There is creativity in both of these things, but not like when I wrote short stories, wrote novels, invented a fantasy world that I kind of miss. When I rank a film on IMDb, which I do for every film I see now, and I keep a list of the somewhere around 5,000 movies I have seen, it never gets a 9 or a 10 unless it makes me feel something regardless of, say, technical expertise. I keep talking a Nine because it made me want to write again. On the car ride home from the theater, I was thinking of what some rewrites of my old stories would look like. I was inventing a new story steeped in magic and romance, and it felt good to have that fire lit, even if, realistically, I might not at all get past the few notes I scribbled upon getting home. I'm older than I used to be, while I am not busy necessarily with the things I probably should be busy with, I am busier than I used to be. Sitting down to write for a couple hours in addition to all of my other pursuits at this point might be unfeasible. This fact makes me sad. But worse, this sadness might not make me act. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Pa. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a, a Mandalorian? Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You're still here? You just don't turn it off. It's over. Go home. Go.